good morning, church. Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Everybody that's here, everybody on the, in the online audience, thank you for joining us as we come together and worship God through song, through studying his word. If you please stand with me, if you are able, we'll come together and we will sing. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are. Before your God, come. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you. time to worship come now is the time to give your heart come just as you are to worship come just as you are before your One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to Come, just as you are before your God. Come. Please be seated. Good morning and welcome to Emmanuel Baptist Church today. Did you notice that when you came in today how amazing the steeple and the garage looks? It looks really awesome. I have to keep and take my glasses off so you're all blurry, but I can't see this if I don't have them. Okay. 
um, a shout out to Matt Hampton. That was awesome. Jamie Fenton from Pure Pressure. They were in the sky lift, and thanks to Tom and Keith for keeping them safe with the harness. Nick Miller was a great foreman. He kept his feet on the ground. He did not go up in the lift. Um, we have baby bottles. I have Claire here helping me. She has holding a baby bottle for the Litchfield Pregnancy Center. They're collecting them until the 1st of September. So don't forget to grab your bottle and bring it back. Can you hold it up? Show everybody. Good job. All right. Um, we have a lot going on this week. Tomorrow, Monday, the 15th, we have an MBA rally at Grace Southern Baptist Church in Verdon. It starts at 630. The Dominican Republic Mission Report update and opportunities are going to be talked about by John Shelton. The new food ministry by our very own Glenn and Sharon Carty. And don't miss out because there will be refreshments provided by Grace Southern. Wednesday is a special called business meeting the 17th. We're going to do that at 630. We had a 90% vote that approved the purchase of the house and the property next door. So on Wednesday, we're going to be voting on the stewardship committee's recommendation for the financing on that. Also, a quick um, interruption. News bulletin, August 27th, the food pantry is having a community food drive. It is a drive up. So you just have to drive up, drop it off from 10 to 1, and they can take food or personal care items. So you could do either. Thursday, we have a lot going on. Thursday, the food pantry is going to be giving out food, and we could use your help if you want to volunteer. There's also a SAMS meeting, which is Senior Adult Ministry, luncheon here at EBC. The program is Elder Services, Aging, and Wellness. Speakers are Jessica Moxie of the Montgomery County Public Health Department and Leanne Barr of the Carnival Hospital. So, if you want to stay in the loop with all of this stuff I'm telling you, you need to sign up on the bulletin board outside the office there. You guys are really blurry. Um, you need to sign up on the office right outside there, and you will be getting this in your email really quick. I'm going to have my wonderful husband, Mark Willem, come up and do the prayer for the day. Just think, i got to live with that every day from morning to dawn. You know, it, that's why I go to bed early. <laughs> um, thank you for being here this morning. Let's please go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for uh, bringing everybody to your house this morning that is uh, here today with a, an open mind and an open heart to hear your word. That if there's somebody in these walls that need to hear your message, that you will, uh, you will touch them deeply. And let them know that they are welcome anytime to come forward and to accept your gift that you give them. Um, thank you for the crowd that is, that is online watching this, that even though they're at home, they feel the need that they have to, have to hear your message. For I ask these things in your name, Lord. Amen. Please stand with me once again if you're able, as we'll continue to sing and worship God. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? 
King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross. You laid down your that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter, the King of glory, the King of glory, who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You laid down your life That I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Most high. 
your hidden glory in creation now revealed in you are Christ what a beautiful name it is what a beautiful name it is the name of Jesus Christ my King what a beautiful name it is nothing compares to this what a beautiful name it is the name of Jesus you didn't want heaven without us so Jesus you brought heaven down my sin was great your love was greater what could separate us now what a wonderful name it is what a wonderful name it is the name of jesus christ my king what a wonderful name it is nothing compares to this what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus death could not hold you the veil tore before you you silenced the boast of sin and grave the heavens are roaring the praise of your glory for you are raised to life again you have no rival you have no equal now and forever god you reign yours is the kingdom yours is the glory yours is the name above all names what a powerful name it is what a powerful name it is the name of jesus christ my king what a powerful name it is nothing can stand against what a powerful name it is the name of jesus you have no rival you have no equal now and forever god you reign yours is the kingdom yours is the glory yours is the name above all names what a powerful name it is what a powerful name it is the name of jesus christ my king what a powerful name it is 
nothing can stand against what a powerful name it is the name of jesus what a powerful name it is the name of jesus what a powerful name it is the name of jesus What a powerful name it is. Um, the only name by which we can be saved. And so um, I, I teared up a little bit just thinking about the, the line in the song. Um, the heavens roaring when he came up and out of the grave. What exciting things. And it's because of that that we can have eternal life. So today, it's my honor to ask Macy to come up here and her parents. Matt and Heather are going to come. Matt was the guy up in the bucket. He was a little closer to God yesterday. And his wife um, reinvigorated her prayer life as he was up in the bucket. <laughs> okay. So, Macy has talked to me this morning. Last Sunday evening, you had ice cream. No. What did you do last Sunday evening? She accepted Jesus into her heart. So, Amen. So, that's exciting stuff, right? And Sue, she is presenting herself for baptism. We're going to baptize on the 28th, and her brother's going to get baptized. So, you know, one of those things, right? You've got to use the same water. <laughs> okay. So, I need a motion to accept her as a member and for baptism. Second to that? I think your, that was your grandpa back there, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> He didn't embarrass you, did he? <laughs> All right. Exciting stuff, right? Let's give God applause. He's the one that saved us. Now, since we're not fun, I'll let you guys go upstairs. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So we're in the book of Acts. We've got some visitors today, so we're in the book of Acts. We've been going through the book of Acts, and we will continue to go through the book of Acts. We're about, you know, we're a little over halfway through, and we're in Acts, the end of Acts chapter 15, and we'll read into the beginning of the 16th chapter. This is the advance of the gospel. The gospel started in Jerusalem down there by the, the, the top of the six, and it's moved out up by the H is where it's moved out to. And we're going to be back on the road again as we talk about Paul's second missionary tour. We're going to talk about that. I want to ask you this question. Last, last Tuesday night we had class in our, we had, we had uh, teaching and, and classes in our building with IBSA staff. They came down and, and taught, and I taught a class, and I asked the guys, how many of you guys have a, a pocket knife in your pocket? Okay. 
I'm not asking for, I'm not taking your pocket knife. This is not TSA. And, uh, and by the way, this, this wouldn't hurt anybody because it, it can't cut butter. All right? So what do you do with your pocket knife? I open up boxes. That's generally, you know, we get a lot of Amazon boxes, and when I see them, I use this to, to try to open them up. Uh, it's better than opening up the kitchen drawer, grabbing it, and then putting it back in the drawer, so I try to use my pocket knife. And so it's good for that. Occasionally it's good for a screwdriver. Sometimes I can even unfold it and, and hammer a little bit of nail in. That's about what it's good for. It's not really good for, that's, that's the extent of what I use it for. The amazing thing is that if I gave this to somebody else and they sharpened it, they could take a piece of wood and carve a, a ship out of it. You see what I'm saying? What I'm saying is this. I learned how to put this in my pocket, and I've been carrying a pocket knife since I was a kid. But all I ever use it for is cutting boxes. It can do so much more. You got a pen or a pencil in your purse, ladies? There are people that can stand on the side of the street and take a piece of paper and draw you with a pen. I have trouble drawing something that I can read later on. Just saying. So what, it, what I'm saying is that we can go deeper with what we have. We can, we can learn to grow and we can learn to improve. And so that's what this lesson is about. This is what starts the book of uh, the, the, the trip that Paul's going to take. He realizes that they need to improve. It's not enough that they got saved. They need to grow. It's not enough for the farmer to plant the corn in the ground. He does other things to help that it grow. He can't, he can't make it rain, but he can get the field ready for the corn to grow, and then afterwards he can spray that stuff on there so that it doesn't get choked out by the weeds. Because if it gets choked out by the weeds, then there's no harvest. I garden like that. I gave up gardening like that. Okay? So let's look here. In, we're asking these questions as we read through the Scripture in Acts chapter 15 and in 16. What was God doing? Because again, this isn't a history lesson that we're going to read about people of long ago and say it was really cool. What we want to do is say, what was God doing? The same God that was working then is the same God that's working today. The difference being there is the same people that God was working with, they're not there. But we are. So what we want to discover is what God was doing back then, what were those people doing so that we can replicate that in our current context so that we can see God work in our midst to produce these kind of results. That's what we're after. So when we're looking at this, this applies to our life today and moving forward. So let's pick it up in the 36th verse of chapter 15. This is after the Jerusalem Council. They've settled the question that the Gentiles don't need to be circumcised. You get saved by faith. You don't get saved by any other action, including baptism. Baptism is symbolic of what's happened, but it's not the saving piece. So after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return. Remember, Paul and Barnabas were on the first missionary trip. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we, in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with them also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along who had deserted them in Pamphylia 
and had not gone with them to the work. And there occurred such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another, and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left, being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord. And he was traveling to Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. In the 16th chapter, verse 1, Paul also came to Derbe and to Lystra. And a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was Greek. And he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts. It's about not offending them. It's not about salvation. For they all knew that his father was Greek. Now while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees which had been decided upon by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem for them to observe. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. They passed through the Phygian Phygian, and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go to Bithynia, and and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to him. The story continues. I want to stop right there and we want to talk about the advance of the gospel and what we see here that we can replicate, what we can understand here. So as we walk through this, What starts this trip out in Acts chapter 15 is Paul wants to do a follow-up. He wants to go back to return and visit all those places that he has been. He wants to go back to. We've done that too. We've gone back to the places we previously visited, and we go back and see what the place might be like now. It might be that we do vacation every year there. Paul has a different reason for going back. It's not because of the beach and the sun. He wants to go back and visit the brethren. Now, I want want to take a moment here, because as we rattle through this, often these words are from the passage of Scripture we just read. Scripture's important. And it uses the word brethren. And it may sound like I've just chopped this up, but I want you to understand what Paul realizes, and we need to realize. When he says that we're going back to visit the brethren, what's he saying? Those people are now family. When Macy stood up here this morning, matter of fact, Matt and Heather stood up here this morning, they are, because they are fellow believers, they're your family. He may not call you grandpa or uncle or anything like that, but you and I are part of their family. They are to us as Paul's people that he shared with, the gospel with, and came to accept Christ. They are brethren. And so he's going back to visit family and to see how family is doing. So that's what Paul realizes in that. And we need to realize that when you look around the room, we're brethren. 
We belong together because we belong to the family of God. Your own names may be different. The last names may be different. And you may not go to the same family reunions. But when the trumpet is called and we gather around that table, we're family. Because we belong to Jesus. And it says, we're going to go back to the brethren we proclaimed. We've already shared with them the gospel message. The gospel message is what? That Jesus Christ was the answer. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came down and He gave His life so that we might have forgiveness of sins. And yes, He did walk out of the grave and is alive. That's the gospel message. And because of Jesus, we couldn't get ourselves out of the brokenness. We try to struggle and get out of the, the hole that sin has us in. We can't do that. We try. I try to be good. My goodness doesn't make it happen. Jesus Christ shed His blood so that if I ask for forgiveness, just as Macy did this last Sunday night, I can call Jesus my Lord and Savior. I know, she knows, that she has a home in heaven. Not because of what she has done, but because of Jesus. So that's the message that Paul and Barnabas have proclaimed on that first missionary tour. They want to go back because here's the other part of that key. Once we get saved, we don't stop there. It's that process of sanctification or growth or maturity that we want to walk through. When, when Mark stands up here and talks about his, his wife, his wonderful wife, Teresa, right? That relationship wasn't left at the altar. That relationship has continued to grow for these years and years. And so that's what we're hoping for. All of you were born in a... Well, not all of you, maybe. Okay? You were born... I was born in a hospital. I'm assuming most of you were too. I didn't stay the same way. I'm just telling you, my mama didn't deliver this be like this, okay? I grew and matured. Maybe. You all look puzzled there. Anyway, we as Christians can't stop there. We can't stop with just simply being saved and checking the box off and when I die, I go to heaven. What we want to do is start to build a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we want to grow in that relationship with Jesus Christ. There's more to being a Christian than just being saved, right? I mean, that's the start of a beautiful relationship of God working in our life. We are the lump of clay. He's put us on the table and He's spinning us around. We're just the lump of clay when He starts with us. And we want God to continue to work on us and make us into something beautiful. To proclaim His glory working in our life. That's what it's about. That's what Paul is going back for. That's Paul's plan is to go back and let's raise these people up so they understand more about Jesus. So they can come to know Jesus greater than they know Him now. That they can mature in Christ and they too can share the gospel message. That's what Paul's plan is. That ought to be our plan too. That ought to be our plan. Last week when we got done with baptism, I gave him the book, Understanding the Bible, 30 Days Understanding the Bible and Life with Jesus. I'm a Christian now, what? Life with Jesus. What was that designed for? 
It wasn't because somebody gave them to us for free. It was because we purchased those books because we believe that people need to grow in their understanding of the Bible. And you want to, you grow in your understanding of the Bible, you grow in your understanding of Jesus. And when you grow in your understanding of Jesus, you walk with him. That's the whole concept behind that. So as we move through this, this is a plan. This is Paul's plan. We're going to go out and we're going to see those people that have, that have accepted Christ and we're going to help them grow. Ought to be part of what we do. Ought to be what we're concerned about. They're going to do that. But here's what happens. Immediately the text of the Scripture takes this wrong turn. The brakes go screeching and the sound effects and it's all ugly. We have a car crash because there's a disagreement. There's a disagreement between Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas says, hey, that's a great idea, Paul. Let's go. Let me go grab John Mark and we'll take him with us. And Paul is going, I am not going on another road trip with that kid. I am not. Because here's why. He, went, he was with us on the first trip. He went with us to Cyprus, and then when we got to the mainland, he puts it back to Jerusalem. He doesn't go in. He's not proclaiming to the people because he wasn't there when we proclaimed Jesus. He doesn't know who got saved because he, he left us on the trip. He went for the boat ride, but when, the, when, when we got to the place where we are going to start sharing Jesus again, he went back to Jerusalem. And so what Paul says, I don't want a guy with this that's going to, because I don't know when he's going to quit again. You've been around that, right? You're hesitant to, to take somebody along with you or call somebody to help you out because when they showed up before, all of a sudden, when the going got tough, they all of a sudden had to leave and go someplace else. And so that's, what, that's the disagreement that happens. There's a little bit of speculation that he, he might not have been comfortable with the idea of sharing the gospel with the Gentiles, and he may have been part of that problem that, that went out and told them they had to get circumcised. Speculation. But here's what the beauty of what happens. is because in their disagreement, they separated. They would continue to be friends. If you read Paul's letter, he mentions both Barnabas in his letters, and he also mentions John Mark. Because John Mark didn't desert again. Matter of fact, he's the guy that wrote the Gospel of Mark. You see, God worked in his life. Paul wasn't willing for that to take place under his watch, but God had a plan for it. So what happens is Barnabas and Mark, they take off to Cyprus. And we, Luke, or excuse me, Luke does, as he records the book of Acts for us, never again records for us what happened to, to Barnabas. Now, that doesn't mean that nothing happened. That just meant that Luke did what? He traveled with Paul. And so he records that, and that's what we see there. But Barnabas and Paul take off, and then... Not Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas and Mark take off, and that leaves Paul to take Silas with him. Silas was the one that the Jerusalem church sent back to Antioch, said, you go up there and share the story about what we decided here, along with Paul and Barnabas and somebody else. So they go up and do that. So he decides, you take, you take John Mark, you go at it. I'm taking Silas with me. Silas is highly thought of. And so he takes him, and the split now, instead of one team going out, we have two teams going out. 
as Paul goes out, as we turn the page into the 16th chapter, we see the next step in this. In other words, we're going to proclaim the gospel. We need teams, don't we? One guy can't do all of it. One guy can't do all of it. And in that, we turn the page, and we see not only do they split up into two teams, but Paul begins to do what Paul does throughout the book of Acts. And he adds to his team. And so in that, he's gotten silence. Then we run across this man by the name of Timothy, this young man, the guy that Paul would write letters to later on. He write, This is that Timothy. And Timothy, Timothy we write about him in search guys, because he, does, he wants all the barriers to come down when, he, when, he, when they show up in the synagogues. When they go, up, they go to share Jesus, he wants all that down so they can talk. In order to do more, they need more. We're talking about, we can use this as an example for growing our church. We need to have a desire for what? For Christians to grow. We need to have a desire, first of all, to share the gospel. Because we can't grow anything if we don't have any Christians. So we need to have that first. The second thing we need to have is a desire for those Christians to grow. And then if we're going to do that and we're going to multiply that effect, we need to include others in that. That might mean splitting up our teams. And that also means adding to the number because Paul can't do it all. When you read the letters, if you get down to the end of any one of his letters, it rattles off a bunch of names. Those are names that have been added to the team that are doing work in places that Paul is not. And that's what the gospel needs to happen. When, we, when I talk about going to the convention and standing up there and watching the, the commissioning service by the International Mission Board, and I see those people, they're going, I'm part of that work, you're part of that work, because you pray and because you give to the Lonnie Moon Christmas offering coming up, right? We'll do that at the end of November, but you're part of that. And so those people, we've added to our number, and they get to go out to places that you and I can't. We get to be missionaries here. You realize that you're a missionary in Carlinville? You may not have, get a, you may not have stood up on stage and been commissioned by Paul Chitwood and by the, and the Southern Baptist Convention, but understand that you are a missionary here. God has you here for a reason. It's that leadership development. We want to include people. And that's exactly what Paul does. Is he brings them along and has them walk into this and then he trains them. They see what he's doing. Then they replicate what he's doing. It's the same thing that Jesus did, isn't it? Jesus had the disciples walking with him. And then one day he says, hey, I'm going to stay here. You guys go out. That was leadership development so the church could grow. Jesus had 12 disciples that he nurtured and trained. And then he went away. And those 11, because we lost one, those 11 begin this. And so the advance of the gospel happens because it wasn't resting on one person. It was going out with others. I will say, I'm just going to share this with you. Be honestly transparent. So I taught a class on Tuesday night, and one of the hard things, because one of my pastor friends walked out in the hallway, saw his wife, and said, and he was grumbling. I'm just going to be, he was grumbling and complaining. Because I asked them to hand something off that you're doing to somebody else. Hand something off to somebody else. What is that? That's leadership development. This morning, Teresa got up here and did what I normally did. Mark got up here and did what I did. You know what? They did a fabulous job. 
honestly better than I did. That was part of what we need to do to develop people in places. Okay, so that we can multiply what we're doing. And that's what we see in the book of Acts that he gets to do. And the last part of what we see, because this has to, how do we know what to do? How do we know what to do? Well, we read a couple business books and we decide that's, that's, that worked for McDonald's and Chick-fil-A, so let's do it here. What happens when we watch what Paul's doing? The story of Paul and Barnabas started earlier in the book of Acts when what? The Holy Spirit sent them. The Holy Spirit's not done working in their lives because we see as we turn in that 16th chapter that they're guided by the Spirit. They're guided by the Spirit. Love, I love the strong, the, the strong language as we read through there. Because any of you ever had any great ideas that somebody talked you out of? Right. Anybody ever grab you and say, no, you can't jump off the roof? And you're a little kid. No, you can't do that with your bicycle. Whatever it might be. Somebody grabbed you forcefully and said, no, you cannot do that. And so as Paul wants to go into Asia, I mean, there's all, you know, Paul just, everything's going good. We went through there. We've, we've talked to these people that we've already witnessed to. And we want to go further. We want to take the gospel further. We want to go to Asia. And, it's, and the scripture tells us that they were forbidden by the Spirit. They were written by the Spirit. In other words, what happens here is the Holy Spirit's holding the stop sign and says, no, you're not going this way. But there are people over there. That's not where I want you. You might see the need. God acknowledges there's a need over there, but that's not where God is going to send you. What we see here is, is that the Holy Spirit stops them so when I understand that the Holy Spirit may stop you, you may see a need, but it may not be yours to fill. God may have somebody else to. God didn't leave the Asian people alone. He would take care. The gospel would spread into Asia. But it wasn't going to happen through Paul and Silas and Timothy. He had other plans for them. So he forbid them. And then what happens? Paul has this vision. And in the vision, there's a man from Macedonia saying, come over to us. And what happens is, Paul understands that the Spirit forbid them from going to Asia, but invited them to go to Macedonia, into Europe. That's where the Gospel goes through Paul and, and through Timothy and Silas. That's where it goes to. It goes to Macedonia. So they concluded that God had called us and when you conclude that God is inviting you, leading you, guiding you to do something, what do you do? You get on a boat like Jonah and go the other way? You can do that, but read the story of Jonah. He ends up where he's supposed to go in the first place. That's what we need to do. We need to figure out where it is that God wants us to go and get on the boat and go. Because God wants to do great things. God wants to take the gospel to the entire world. But he's got a particular spot picked out for you. He's got a spot that he wants you to go. He's got a people that he wants you to share with. People that, 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 that will listen to you. And so that's what Paul does. I put that always 
on there because that's how the book of Acts reads. Because Paul and the others, the Peters, and the, all of these guys, they started with the Spirit directing and they would continue with the Spirit directing. And they would follow wherever... We sing that song, right? Wherever He leads, I'll go. It sounds really good when you sing it. But I'm going to say sometimes we don't actually do it. We're looking at what He did. Paul sang, wherever He leads, I'll go. He wanted to go someplace else. But He chose to go where the Spirit led. And we'll continue to read in the book of Acts. And we'll see that that was the right choice. Because God was at work in the midst of that. God was at work in the midst of that. So I asked that question, what was God doing? And what were they doing? So when I look at this, God had a bigger vision. Remember, I, I love how this starts out. Just think for a minute, just, just capture this, because sometimes we don't really look at it. Paul did what? He intended to go back to where he'd already been. Not any further. Let's go back and see those that have been converted. Let's go back and see our brethren, where we proclaim the gospel. He didn't mention, let's go further than that this time. But you see, God, who gave, who gave Paul that vision to go back and see those, believe, those new believers? Well, God gave it to him. Who would take him further than he had planned on? God would take him. God had a bigger vision. God had a bigger vision for that. He was getting them there, and he was going to take them further. What was Paul, Timothy, and Silas doing? Well, to be honest with you, they were leading just like Jesus. Isn't it amazing? Because Paul wasn't one of those disciples that got to walk alongside of Jesus while he was teaching Peter and John and the other disciples. But yet God was at work in his life. And what do we see happening? The same thing that Jesus taught Peter and John and the other disciples to do, the Andrew, etc., was the same thing that Paul began to do. He began to lead like Jesus and to bring others in and enable them to go out and do what he himself was doing. That's what Paul was doing. When we talk about this, he's learning to follow too. Because we see Paul is an exuberant guy. Maybe a little forceful at times. Paul's going, we're going to Asia. And the Spirit says no. And rather than charging on ahead, what does Paul do? He learns to follow where Jesus leads. So when I look at this lesson today, when I look at the Scripture, he needs to come alive to me. I need to have that passion that Paul has to share the Gospel. I need to have that passion to, to see my brethren, my brothers and sisters in Christ, grow and mature and, and that process of sanctification going on in their life. I need to see them develop into the people that, that, that can go out and share the gospel. I don't need a fan club. I, I don't want followers of me. I want followers of Jesus. I want people that can become teammates and go out there and make an impact in the world so other people can know Jesus Christ. That's what needs to happen in there. And I need to go wherever He leads. 
I need to go wherever He leads to follow Jesus, to follow the Spirit. Say, where do you want me to go? And I'll go. Here's the action steps. When we walk away from this, the Scripture needs to be applied to our lives. Here's the action step. Here's what, I want to, what I'm going to encourage you to do. Take steps to help a new believer grow. Take steps to help a new believer grow. We're going to baptize. We baptized people last week. Terry and Alexa. We're going to baptize Macy and Kaylee and um, Ryland, right? Help them grow. Pray for them. Encourage them. You see what I'm, how you're getting along? If you've already done the 30 days to understanding the Bible, one of those, those guys are going to get that book. Ask them how they're coming. You know, and tell them that you went through that. Take steps to help a new believer grow. Turn a negative into a positive that God uses. Because all of a sudden we got there and they had a disagreement. That never sounds good in a, in a church, right? They had a disagreement. But God used that. How do we take a negative, what appears to be a negative, and not let it destroy us, but yet let it glorify God and carry the message out? That's what Paul did, and that's what Barnabas did. And ask God what's next. Don't tell him what you're going to do. Ask him what he wants you to do. Let's reverse what we commonly do by telling God what we're going to do, by telling God this is what needs to happen. Let's ask God what's next. We're going to stand. We're going to give the invitation. The invitation time is for you to respond to however God might be speaking to you. God may be speaking to you in order of salvation. You may need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then Present yourself, ask, ask that question. What does it take to be saved? You come and we'll share that with you. Somebody will, I will, or somebody else will. We'll help you understand because our, our highest priority is that everybody walks in and out of here knows Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior online also. The second part of that is you may, you may already be saved, but you may be, maybe you want to join the church. Maybe, you want, maybe God's called you to be a missionary. I don't know how it is that God is working in your life. But if God is calling you to do something to go to Macedonia, to your Macedonia, then we want to invite you because we want to support you and we want to praise and celebrate what God is doing in your life. You may want to come and, and pray for a particular thing. You may, have, you may have something coming up that you want to pray for. You may want to pray for somebody else. We invite you to pray. We're going to stand and we're going to sing. King of endless worth no one could express how much you deserve though I'm weak and poor all I have is yours every single breath I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within 
through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Okay. Allie, would you come up here? I'd like to introduce you to Allie Simpson. Okay, you might have seen her roaming around. Her and her kids had been coming to church for a while. And so Allie came to my office with one of her daughters. The, which one was it? Alyssa. Okay, she had Alyssa with her, and we talked. I'm going to share you a little bit of her story, uh, enough of it that you can ask her the rest of the details. So she grew up in a Southern Baptist church in Warden. Is that correct? Okay, in Warden. She was baptized at the age of 12. As she grew a little older, um, she ended up in a Lutheran church, and she can explain that. And, and so she's coming back, okay? Uh, she's coming back to be part of the Southern Baptist Church. There's more to the story as she tried to, she lost her husband, tried to walk away from God, run away from God, that, that anger and other, I'm probably putting words in her mouth, but okay, okay, all of that. But we sat and talked about it, and, and she came to this decision. She would like to present herself for both membership, and she wants to be baptized, not a salvation baptism, but a recommitment baptism, okay? This is huge for her to come back to this place. And so I entertain a motion to allow her to do that, and then she'll be up here. She's going to get all wet on the 28th. She's, she told me she was going to cry. She's doing really well right now, okay? And so... I'm excited about that, so I'm asking, do we have a motion to, to do that? So second to that? Okay, I got seconds all over the place, so we'll do that. Yeah, how about a little applause, okay? We're going to watch you grow with this, okay? That's exciting stuff. So come talk to her. Come make yourself known to her. Introduce yourself to her. And what are we going to do for her? We're going to pray for her. All right, that's a beautiful thing. So you want anybody to stand up here with you? You can have them come up here. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Clinton's going to stand up here with her, okay? And so uh, he's going to protect her. I don't know who's going to protect you guys from Clint, though. <laughs> okay. All right, so what are we going to do tonight? What do we got going on this week? We've got the meeting tomorrow night. We've got Sam's meeting on on. Thursday, we need to know you're coming because Jeanette's cooking food and she doesn't want to cook too little or too much. Charlie, hand me one of those baby bottles around the corner there. And 
we have a special called business meeting on Wednesday night to vote on pretty much how we're going to finance the, the, the place across the street. Just toss it. Because honestly, that's what I want to do. Okay. Remember to pick up a baby bottle, take one home. Okay. And fill that up with change. All right. That's what I miss doing. So anyway, we get to do that. We get to celebrate what God is doing in our midst. And I, I want to encourage you to have your revs. Okay, let's not forget to read our Bible because the more we read, the closer we grow to Him. So are you excited about being, part, being here today? Amen. You know, let's, the steeple's clean. All right? Let's let it remind us that more importantly than a clean and white steeple is a soul that's been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, whiter than snow. And it'll stay that way. All right. Let's go learn prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We celebrate what you have done. And Father, we continue to pray that things like this would continue. Father, people would come either to return to following you, Lord, or Father, that they would come to you for the very first time and acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. Use us, Father, as missionaries in our own city. In Jesus' name, amen.